When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. Yeah, I think the silence kind of says it all at the start. I don't really know what to say. Um, so let's get into it. I'm joined by Jam at Carefree Jam. Jam, it's a really stupid question, but how are we doing? Do you know what? Uh, other than this thing we like called football, I'm actually quite good, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, I am quite good, mate. And other than football, how are you doing, my friend? Not bad myself, man. Yeah, it's just a shame this football thing is uh, takes up quite a chunk of our lives at points. But it is what it is. Um, as I always do, I guess, I get them to give themselves a plug. So, Jam, I'm sure long-time listeners already know who you are. But in case there are any newbie listeners, tell people where they can find you and all your work. Yeah, cheers, mate. Um, so, everyone tuning in. Um, you can find me on at carefree underscore jam on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram. It's all the same for those. Um, and um, I'm one of the co-owners of the Chelsea Social. So that's at the Chels Social and uh, the women's account for that as well, which is at the CFCW Social too. So please do check them out. They're on Instagram too, as well as Twitter. Um, but yeah, just keep tuning into this show week on week because it's brilliant. Thank you very much, Jam. And all those links will be in the description below. As you say, make sure you check those guys that had various people from the Chelsea Social on this podcast before. Right, before we get into two games of football, uh, I think the football kind of took a book, certainly took more of a backseat this week with the news of the passing of former Chelsea legend Gianluca Vialli at the age of 58 after a valiant battle with cancer. Jam, I mean, obviously, 
I guess the mood at Chelsea was kind of, it's been kind of sad and sort of for a while. But I guess what was quite nice, and obviously this sad time in, in losing the eye was just, I think the reaction we kind of saw, not just from chess fans, but worldwide, like, I know maybe it's a bit different when it's someone from your club and someone you kind of, maybe you kind of focus in on it a bit more. There just seemed to be such an outpouring, just of love, just from so many different directions that we've seen this weekend with, uh, you know, in various programming, hosting the FA Cup as well. It just seems like, you know, obviously just your thoughts, feeling feelings on that and just like the reaction to it. Yeah, I mean, I was, um, I was so shocked when I heard the news, um, I was at work and generally I think that that minute or two just blew by when I when I first saw it saw the news um 58 you know any age you could you could argue is too young but 58 is you know I can't believe it obviously I grew up supporting Chelsea um and when I first really started to properly support Chelsea you know 7 8 years old um that's when he was at the club and he's one of the first players that I remember playing for Chelsea, managing Chelsea. And he's just achieved so much, um, had a smile on his face, you know, real positive energy. Everyone wanted to be around him. And you could see that from the tributes, like you said. Um, I think the one that hit home for me really was seeing Graham Souness on the Sky Sports News talk about him and, you know, kind of breaking down midway in into what he was saying about Fiali, you know, obviously meant a lot. And this is a your resident hard man, as people would think. Um and it just shows how much he meant to people. Um yeah, it, it's it's a shame. It really knocked me that day. Uh one of my work colleagues is a is a massive Chelsea fan too and we, we just took a few minutes away and just spoke about him and he's a bit older than me. So, you know, he remembers a lot more of Viali but I think remembering the recent good times too, it was good to see him be a part of that Italy Euros win in the end. I know I'm an England fan, but you know, all in all, looking back on it, it was it was brilliant seeing that embrace between him and Mancini. You know, I've seen that so many times since as he sadly passed, and you know, I couldn't help but smile. Um, and he was one of the first. You know, he was the beginning of the influx of foreign players into the Premier League, really. Um, Viali, you know, that that serious talent I'm, I'm talking about, top, top talent coming into the Premier League. He won the FA Cup, the Cup Winners' Cup, the League Cup, you know, player manager, player. He, he He's pro, he's a legend. He, he is a legend of Chelsea. Um, and, yeah, I, you know, it, it was beautiful to see everyone just unite together and just sending their tributes for him for, for, you know, a great man like him. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Only Jose Mourinho with eight, one more uh, trophies as manager in the history of the club than Gianluca Vialli with five and said he certainly played a big part. And I know obviously as someone who was born in 98, I literally, my two-year-old self does not remember uh, sort of his, you know, the back end of those years, but he's one of those players you kind of learn about growing up and how revered he is. And it's just, I think, just uh, uh, so much respect and then just condolences to to him, teammates, loved ones, etc. It's a great loss. And as I said, he he so valiantly battled it before, you know, been in remission. And then unfortunately, it came back. But I mean, it's, you know, as I said, you mentioned that 
image of that about Euros when him and, and Mancini who've been great friends for a long time to have that, that moment on the pitch for, for their country and achieving that moment is something even as England fans we, we can't really begrudge and said so much love for club he was you know when Chelsea had a legends match versus uh, Inter Milan in 2018 but I think before the FA Cup final he was he was back involved with that and involved with some of his former teammates etc um, so yeah it's just a really really big big loss for the club and for a lot of people he would have been you know that hero growing up for for him you know for, for older Chelsea fans maybe listening he was you know exact part of like a really exciting time you hear a lot of Chelsea fans all of me talk about sort of that period of Chelsea just you know so exciting it's one of those you kind of wish I was born a little bit earlier to just to kind of get a taste of it and really kind of live through it a bit of a time because from all accounts it was just such a special time and he was part of it and I say signed by Rudd Hill Rude Hullet in 96, then sort of comes up replacing him, player manager, etc. These Chelsea in the Champions League, they're made in Champions League campaign, I believe. And it's just, yeah, done, did so much um, and such a, a brave, valiant battle uh, and fought with him. And is you know, nice he got, you know, the players in their warm ups in the Manchester game. It's a small gesture, but having wearing the nine on the back of those tops, uh, train tops, etc. It's just a, a really big loss. Uh, apologies if anyone kind of wanted like a really long or, or kind of break down looking into into his career, but I just felt we, you know, probably not going to do that here, but it was just a really sad, sad moment hearing that. And yeah, you can just say, hey, he's in a, he's in a better place now and thoughts with all his friends and loved ones. Um, Jam, football, Manchester City Thursday, Premier League. You know what? Any Everything that probably could go wrong at the start of our game did go wrong. Raheem Sterling injured within two minutes. Christian Pulisic injured within the first 20 minutes. And when those kind of things happen in a football game, you kind of get a sense it's not going to be your day. Probably then summed up with Carney Chukomeka, the impressive substitute in the post in the first half. City score questions should Kepa let that ball drive across and should, you know, and Kukurel is defending on that goal. Um, we kind of make some subs. Some of the youngsters come on, some impressed, some, yeah, but okay. And it was just one of those, well, I kind of felt, I, as soon as City went one up, I never really thought we were getting back into the game. I've just, you know, I've seen enough of this side recently to us happen. But they did keep fighting, which is, I guess, you know, we were debating in contrast to what we saw uh, in the FA Cup game. But just what were your thoughts, feelings on watching that Manchester City game, given, you know, losing two attacking players to injury early, just how we kind of coped and how, you know, we performed? Yeah, let the therapy session begin. Um, it was actually technically three players. I guess you can count Mace getting injured beforehand. <laughs> uh, NHS FC, I say it all the time. Um, I think going into that game, I was kind of worry-free because I, I did think we would lose, but I just wanted to see a good performance, right? And then one thing that really slapped me in the face is everyone that watched it on Sky would have seen is the attacking stats where we are honestly hopeless. And I don't need to read those stats. I'm pretty sure everyone saw them, that screenshot. It's not looking good. It's not looking good. So like you said, Nick, when we went 1-0 down, we knew it was a wrap, didn't we? Let's be honest. <laughs> but actually, look, everything, like like you said, everything that went wrong could go wrong. Sterling getting injured, Pulisic getting injured. But, the guys showed some grit. They showed determination, passion, and some intensity. Albeit, it took Man City to score for us to really turn it turn it on. 
Um, but I, I was actually very impressed with what I saw despite the loss, considering the team we're playing against. The youngsters did well. Lewis Hall, um, Chukumeka. Do you count, can you count Gallagher as that? No, probably not. But, you know, I thought he actually did well. Some people are laughing at his, his performance off the bench, but I liked it. I thought within an 11, he's showing some grit that everyone else can bounce off. So I, I kind of liked it in, in a weird way. I think maybe for Hutchinson, it's a little bit too soon. We know what he can do, but, you know, he just needs to grow into the occasion and it will come. Yeah, it, it it was good. I was happy with the performance. The, the mistakes, though, Nick, I just... Oh. We're in that phase right now where we are going to have good performances. You're going to get the commentators saying, oh, well, at least Chelsea haven't conceded yet and it's 30 minutes in. I hate those comments. I don't know about you. I really hate them. You're going to start getting all that nonsense and then a mistake inevitably comes. Like, Kukurea keeps jumping in. I called him, and I don't mean any disrespect by it. I always say this as a joke with, with people, but I called him the Spanish sideshow Bob because he just wanted to step in every time, trying to get that ball, trying to get in front of the defender. Uh, the, the, the opposition loses it, and then he's left all that space and they go in. It, it's, it's rubbish. And Kepa... T-Rex arms that night. He just... Today, today's game, Nick, there was a cross that came in and he made sure he got that and you know exactly why that was. It was off the back of that, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, Thursday, I have no issue with it at all. I think the boys showed some sort of mental grit that we needed to see. And, you know, we were, there we were all hoping that we could build off that. But, yep. you know, it yep. wasn't meant to be, I guess. We will just dwell on Thursday a little bit longer. Um, as I said, yeah, Kanye Chukameka off bench, that was a real positive jam. Hopefully we'll see him moving forward. Lewis Hall again off bench, obviously has that chance at the end, poor decision, maybe poor decision making, etc. But he's young, it can be kind of expected. Amari Hutchinson, I think I felt just played it a bit safe. But again, that's understandable. This is his first senior game of football against the Premier League champions. I, I don't think there should be huge expectations on him for that game. Or I don't think, you know, and if you're going to bring him on in these situations again, in, in the FA Cup game, say three 0 down, I don't think there should be huge expectations on, on what you're really expecting to get from him. Um, Conor Gallagher off bench was interesting against Manchester City. As I said, you mentioned uh, uh, different different views on it. He was lively. He he was quite wiry out there. Uh, he kind of gave a place to lift. Kind of gave you know kind of injected some pace back into the game, etc. Uh, he, he did have John Stones kind of fearing for his life a little bit. He was. <laughs> John Stones would probably think of what the heck is this that I'm up against. He's like a, I don't think he just, he's just like a little, a pit bull or whatever, little pit bull, but then just coked up. That's kind of what it felt like. He was just so full of energy. He was just like ridiculous amounts of energy from Conor Gallagher. And look, again, there'll be Trump passing was a bit iffy from him. Again, it was, it was just, a, it was almost a cameo of just like make yourself a nuisance. And again, I think when we're talking about Chelsea, making yourself a nuisance probably is not going to be like great analysis or, or what we really want from you. I guess in those circumstances, it was like, okay, it was it was just kind of really hard to assess. And I didn't really have any strong feeling one way or the other. Obviously, Akim Ziyech started that game and had moments. I thought Kai Havertz had moments in that game, worked hard, you know, at points to be fair to both of them. Again, decision-making at points. Um, but Jam, Dennis Zachariah, slowly but surely starting to look like a player who actually should be starting for us week in, week out. You know, there's moments even when he's sort of being being pressed and Harry said, maybe he takes a few extra touches than we'd like, but he was getting out of situations quite well. And he was just lively. And again, Jorginho was left on the bench. 
And when you you play in the midfield, that includes Mateo Kovacic, when he comfortably outperformed Mateo Kovacic again, that kind of probably says quite a lot about about his performance and the confidence he's in it in recent weeks, having been given an opportunity now. Yeah, I think if you put Zachariah next to somebody that can play the ball a bit more, um, it's it's a great balance to have in the midfield. Um, I loved his aggression. I just loved his physical presence, and he surprised me. The boy can play, can't he? Like if he really wants to, like the ball, he looks like he can't, but he made a, a few of those City players look like mugs a few times, and I loved it. I loved it. I think Zacharias just shows what a midfielder, you know, you know what a, a more maybe defensively minded midfielder, if you want to think of him like that, can do. Just getting their leg in the way, just putting people off. Do you know what I mean? Battling for duels properly, winning the ball back, stopping counters, like. I love to see it. When's the last time Chelsea had that? Yeah, we've got Kante, but, you know, I'm talking about someone that's maybe a little bit further back in the pitch. I know he got forward a fair amount of times, but he still got back. Um, And it was so good to see. I I think he had an incredible game and he needs to be our starting midfielder. He needs to be in there to, to start. Just whether you think he's got the quality or not, it's just for the balance. He just brings the balance to our midfield and we're crying out for that. Um, you know, we saw it today, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, I I I I think he, he he needs to start, and I think it's too early. Like a lot of people on Twitter are getting excited and talking about, oh, should we sign him for 25 mil or whatever it is? Let's just wait and see what he does. We've got him online. We don't need to rush. Let's see what the next couple of months brings. But I like what I've seen. I really do. Yep. On the other side of that, Jam Pierre Emerick Aubameyang with that sub put on. And when the sub gets subbed, it is uh, it is rather telling of the performance. We watch, look, in his defence, if he doesn't get any service, I don't think you can expect too much. He did, uh, but is this the end of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang? We kind of, near the end, was that a statement by Graham Paul? Not only then subbing the sub, but then leaving him out the squad completely against Manchester City today in the Cup. Obviously, Aubameyang was not pleased about being subbed, as he, as he you know, understandable. The sub does never like being subbed. But Aubameyang is, you know, the signing was made for the previous manager who was then gone a week later. Aubameyang, after a, a bright start for Chelsea with, with goals in October against um, Crystal Palace uh, and in both games against AC Milan and group stages, since then, just not looked really any use to us at all. And I mean, I don't know how viable it is. He just wanted to just try and cut the losses on him as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, 100%. I mean, at least we got to see it flip once, eh? Um, We saw a few backflips. (laughs) Uh, At least we got to see that. This guy is finished. Finished mentally, finished physically. Um, And maybe he doesn't want to accept it. I think when you said, is this the end of Aubameyang? I think the end of him was when he left Arsenal, to be very honest. He did well at Barca, but there's a reason they were happy to get rid and just go, yeah, yeah, go, yeah, have him, go. (laughs) <laughs> I think they finessed us there, unfortunately, again, that summer. But I, he needs to go. I, I, I think he obviously likes money still. Send him to Saudi Arabia. I'm sure they'll take him. Like he, <laughs> We need to cut our losses. We can't have a guy in the squad that's going to bring any kind of negative vibes. We, we just don't need that. We're very vulnerable right now. And if he thinks he should be playing, as most professionals will do, especially of his former standards at that level 
then they're going to be sulking on the bench. So get rid and just say, look, we tried. It's not meant to be. Sometimes these things happen. Just why don't you go and do your thing? We'll do ours. That that that's that's how it should be. I don't need to see this guy sitting at our club getting all that money for the next year and a half or whatever it is. We have been truly finessed there. And I I I I just think get rid of him this window, get somebody else in. I don't care if it's a loan and a short-term fix. Do it, because then in the summer we can look at a permanent option up front. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to happen. Yeah. As said, as well as Chelsea kind of played first day, it was a defeat. It was a sixth defeat of the season, which left Chelsea in 10th place in the Premier League. Jam, there was, though, as we've mentioned, there was a sense of like some good feeling in a sense that, OK, Potter had kind of gone for it, said he bought Lewis Hall on for Cucurella after Cucurella. You know, it had a good first half, had a then pretty, very poor second half, uh, resulting in him getting subbed off. And we'd seen Carney come on and, and impress. And we, you know, we kind of saw, OK, he, he's throwing these young younger players on at 1-0 against Manchester City. There's sort of something to sort of get behind here. Maybe this is this is the moment type thing. So we fast forward to the game against Manchester City today, or t- yeah, yesterday, or yesterday when listeners are hearing this, and we see a debut for young defender Bashir Hamfries. Um, so I guess we then go, okay, fair play, a little positive tick there. We see Trevor Chalabar back in the lineup, you know, playing. You know, he, Grant Porter decided, no, I'm not going to play and run Cesar Aspilicueta into the ground at right back again. Trevor Chalabar come in, you're kind of going, okay, there's a little tick there. Thiago Silva has been rested, so obviously, you know, Kula Bali continues. Okay, okay, fair enough. We can get on to Kula Bali later. And we see a start for Lewis Hall at left back, and we're going, right, okay, that's good. You know, he was in, he was good when he came on against City in the league. He was impressive in the Carabao Cup tie against Modem season. There's something there. Uh, midfield, Jorginho and Kovacic. Yeah. Jams, Jams just put his head down there, and we can get on to them. I, my mind was thinking, well, Zachariah's played three Premier League games in a row. Zachariah is now the man. He is getting that start against Fulham Thursday. So we'll have to see him. You know, part of going through the team, we'll have to see what the team is Thursday. And then you've got Ziyech. What was it? Ziyech, Mount and Havertz as a front three. And I'm probably sure I'm, there's maybe someone I'm missing who I, whose name I've just completely forgotten. But anyway, and obviously Enkepera is in goal. Unfortunately, no Bettinelli game just yet. <laughs> but... Can I see the team? And you're like, well, it's okay. City have got a rotated team out as well. They still should beat us, but you never know what could happen. Oh, Conor Gallagher is obviously the one starting as well. Of course, Conor Gallagher um, was the other one starting in midfield. But Jam, it kind of just felt like we were doing okay. Like we never weren't really afraid going forward, but we kind of like staying in the game. And then we give away a free kick, and then Mares scores a free kick. His second free kick he scored against us this season. Previous one scored against Eduardo Mendy. And then just from that moment on, it just kind of all fell apart. Like we can get into the breakdown and the comical penalties, etc. But it was just kind of a shame just to see how quickly that game got away from us. Because even when we look at, you know, the previous two meetings with Steve season, the Carabao Cup tie, we did concede two quick fire goals and that, but you know, the game never you know, we still kind of created some stuff. We still threatened quite a bit. Then in that league game, you know, we went one nil down, but we never you know, we still, it stayed 1-0 and we did, you know, get back into it a bit more. But today it was just like bang, bang, bang. And it just felt almost at that point, kind of just like, players almost just started feeling sorry for themselves out on that pitch. And when you start feeling sorry for yourselves, you're not really going to get anywhere. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we, we mirrored our captain today, didn't we? Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Um, 
that's unfortunately what he embodies and his performance did exactly that. And I think if that's your captain playing all flimsy like that, then it can kind of reverberate throughout the squad, especially when you've got a few youngsters dotted around. These youngsters need to see somebody that's, you know, pretty mean, someone that could really be a true leader. Um, that isn't Jorginho, unfortunately. Um, but we were backwards FC today. Um, I think we were we were scared of City. I hate to say it. I'm pretty certain that that, were, that, that wasn't necessarily what was instructed to them. I, I'm pretty certain of it. We just went backwards every time. I know City press well and they, they can block the spaces, but we went backwards and we almost fed into our own negativity by doing that. I I like the team that started though, because with our thin squad, we've we've got to rotate. It's good to see Mace back from his injury, um, despite his performance. I I thought it was a good team. I I, I just think my annoyance from today is the result being four nil, and the team we put out shouldn't be getting beaten four nil by the team Man City put out. It's it's like you said, it's it's a shame to see the game go away from us so quickly. But this is why I look at the senior players in the team. Jorginho, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> Honestly, you're the captain, mate. You we, we need to play you, you need to get us on uh, up for this on the actual pitch. Um Kovacic, hot and cold. Kulabali did it all right, still hot and cold. Um <laughs> the senior players, what what are you doing for us? Havertz with that handball. Can I call him a senior player yet? Maybe not. But did you know what I mean? We're looking at our our players that we need to really drag us out of this and actually get us up the pitch and you know really do something for us. And they're the ones that probably let us down the most today. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I said, it was just what I'm what look, what I will say, credit to Chelsea when they kind of implode, it is almost comical. And I don't think anything is going to be... So, Kai Havertz, the, the, let's go to the second goal. Because first goal, brilliant free kick by Mahrez. Um, The second goal, corner it's in. And Kai Havertz is almost like he fucking playing, thinks he's playing volleyball. He just goes to spike it, spike it, just like... And at the time, like, the commentators go, handball, handball. And, like, I don't think if you're watching on TV, it was immediately clear. But they were so certain. And what, what was the most depressing thing about was that play went on for about a minute or two. Because they're waiting for it, like a convenient time for the ball to go out. And the ball just stayed in play for a minute or two. And you just got the sense, like, we know what's coming, but we're just going to have to suffer. If it's, our, pay, our pain is just being drawn out here. <laughs> but all of a sudden, the ball goes out of play. And the ref goes over to Monta, sees it, and goes to Penn. And that was literally two minutes. Like, just, just you know, we could have gone 2-0 down two minutes ago. But instead, I've just been, this pain had just been drawn out. Um, Kepa, again, mind games against World Cup winner Julian Alvarez. I mean, Kepa, mate, like, I love... Got, got got time for you, my man. But my, but I mean, Julian Alvarez is on cloud nine, bro. I don't think you can phase him. Um, takes a penalty. Kepa gets a hand through it. Gets goes through him. Um, again, how it depends how harsh you want to be on the penalty with Kepa. If he gets up again, hand of it, should he keep it out? I don't know. It is what it is. We're tuning down. The third goal is like the third goal is like some fucking training exercise. It's just about the pressing. I don't even know. Is it Kovacic loses his man in Foden? The phone to tap home for three nil. I mean, again, Kovacic is subbed at half time, which is pretty damning. Um, like, and the fourth goal, fourth fourth goal happens. Like, Kudabali gives away a pen, just clumsy. 
Um, and again, let me repeat, Riyad Morris scored a penalty against us. Have you seen have people watch this guy to penalties? Do you know how many moments he has cost City? <laughs> how many penalties he has missed? And of course, he scores a penalty against us to continue his great run of form against us. I think that's four goals in three games or something against us this season. Um, yeah, it was really bad. Jam, it's one thing I don't even really want to know if we can talk about it individual performances because I don't really think I can say anyone was like really good but I mean Lewis Hall was okay he got done I think a couple maybe one or two times on the outside but by Myers but again you kind of under- expect that Bashir Humphreys I didn't really think did anything wrong like it's a fucking brutal environment for him being out there but I think he was he was okay Trev at times struggled in that right back role so balls got past him but again he's been a centre-back asking to play right back how good of a role of right back can we see any time will tell. I mean, if there was a moment that kind of summed it up, we're kind of playing now about, about and Jorginho hits the ball and it just goes out for a city corner like that. We're just kind of, in, and I think at that point we're one or two nil down. I mean, if there was an image of just watching that game, I honestly, it was just, it was just painful. And look, I don't want to just, it's easy to just go, oh, this person or this person. But let's be brutally honest. That midfield two were utter dog shit. Like, there were other issues. There were other issues. But, like, this is the thing. I'm told, everyone tells me, everyone says, Mateo Kovacic is our, like, best midfielder. Like, he's incredible. We've got to keep him. Like, he may be our best midfielder. But have you watched this guy this season? And aside from, like, last season, where, look, credit to him, last season he was superb. And I also will caveat with, I know that I think he's carrying a bit of a knock this season. But has he actually ever been this, like, amazing brilliant player that everyone thinks he is he had one really good season last year where he actually added output to his game and actually did something with the ball like credit him before then he was like he was all right like he would play some games he'd be a sub in other games like he was solid he had he has he had so much technical ability and did fuck all with it like are we not kind of just seeing the COVID have we not basically seen the Kovacic like this season we kind of saw prior to last season like I genuinely like, and this isn't just me dinging out Kovacic. I do, I do like the guy, and I do think he's a good player. But I just hear all this talk of Kovacic as like the best midfielder and like the one midfielder. Like we're having this mid mass, you know, massive midfield rebuild. Like he's a one midfield we got to keep. I'm like, do you watch like watch this guy? What is he like? What am I watching? Like, I, yeah, I'm just like so. Dennis Zakaria has been better than him this season. But Dennis Zakaria has barely played, which obviously then helps his cause. But Dennis Zakaria actually looks quite good when he plays. Kovacic, I'm like watching games. I'm like, you do bits. You look good in bits. There's a game moment against City the other week. We're like, we put a nice little move together. And he's got the, he has to play it out, I think, to Lewis Hall running at left, left back. And he plays it out and he overhits it. And I don't know what the stats are, his passing accuracy or whatever. But again, I think that's pretty separate against Nottingham Forest. We had a chance to get two attacks going. He did it straight at a Forest player. You know, it's not Kovacic, but again, this is a player who is reportedly also potentially like wanting out of Chelsea. Fair enough. Completely understand. There's been a lot of upheaval at Chelsea. He's been at Chelsea a long time. I, I don't even know what the point I'm making at this point is, but I'm just watching this player. I don't get why people think he's as good as he is. He's a good player. He's a good player. And he could maybe have a role at Chelsea. But this integral player that everyone thinks he should be, like, I don't really get. He's been part of Chelsea's midfield for a number of years. And Chelsea have not actually really gone anywhere domestically. They've done well in Europe, and maybe Champions League is way we will see him at his best. And again, I just watched that midfield, and I'm like, yeah, I get why people get frustrated when you're not starting. Like, people are upset we're not starting with Dennis Zakaria. People like he was a he was a meme like a month ago. 
he was a meme a month and a bit ago. Now people are just like upset he's not like he's not playing and think he should be starting. And you, you've got and obviously there'll be some extremes, but you know, people going, Well, you know, give me Chuck Maker over over these over these two. I don't really know the point I'm making and it's long. And if there's probably some people the people who absolutely love Kovacic who who hate me right now. But I'm genuinely just like watching it and I'm like, I don't know. I like you, but I don't really know what's the point of you at the moment. And I feel that's probably the I... same for a lot of players. I could say the same for Kula Bali, like you're clearly a decent defender. You like clearly you've played at a good level. You played Champions League, etc. But like, what what's the point of you? Like I watch you and you're like, I don't think you're like you're not fucking better than Trev. You're not better than some of what we've got. Cucurella, I was big on. I was big on Cucurella, and he didn't even play today. He played against City. I'm like, you're you're quite good. I like you. You've been decent. I think some of the criticism of you's been harsh, but I'm like, but people think you're like. Drastically better than Ben Chilwell. I'm like, what? What? Maybe I'm watching something different this season. But like, I do, like, and I think these players are a lot better than a lot of people give them credit for. But at the same time, I also think they've got this really weird view on some of these players. Like, they're good players, but these players are not exceptional. And just because some of these players had success in the past does not mean they're exceptional players. Like, they were they were aided and given the best route to be, you know, perform at that level. I, this is a long rant. I've gone on jam. Cut me off. Just thoughts. Who who absolutely this, stung the joint out today or yesterday? This, this is this, this is fantastic. I've just witnessed Nick turning into I don't know a villain. Yeah, you you've just begun your villain arc, haven't you? This is this is absolutely fantastic. Join me. Join me. Um, what you're saying, I can I can add to to what you're saying a little bit, and maybe uh, a few other players. A lot of people these days like aesthetics, so they see yeah. something it looks nice. Oh, sorry, I can't just do just that, to in, just in to that, interrupt that. again, Mace Mount, again, utterly dog shit today, <laughs> utterly dog shit today. Again, I liked him. I said on the last pod, I said on the last pod, you know what? He's been rubbish, but he, I know he's good. I know what his quality has got to offer, etc. I'm not, you know, panicking too much. But again, just like a, a game with with him just not being anonymous, and I realise like. When all these players are just so anonymous, I'm like, well, I don't. We lose four nil, but I'm like, I didn't even think you were that horrendous. But I don't think you were like good. What does that say? Like, you weren't stand out crap. You weren't. You weren't stand out like really, really bad. But I'm like, but you weren't at all good. But I didn't really mm. notice you, and we lost four nil. So I don't really know how I feel. And I can say that about a lot of players. Like, I didn't really notice Kovacic today, but I'm sure the stats are pretty damn good. Him, he got subbed off at half time. So I mean, he did stink it out. I mean, other players, I'm watching, like, you weren't stand out bad. Like, you were not abhorrent. Like, you were making error after error after error. Like, I'm really noticing it. But I'm like, but we, you, you I kind of didn't notice you, but you were bad. You got subbed off and we lost 4-0. But you weren't, like, stand out bad. I don't really know. Anyway, continue what you were going before I interrupted you. You can say that for a lot of players. <laughs> this... I don't think they're, like, really bad. Um... I don't know. This is why I said at the start, let the therapy session begin. Because it is therapy. We need to vent with these things. Um, it's the aesthetics. A lot of people like aesthetics. Kovacic is very aesthetically pleasing when he dances around players and gets out of trouble. That not, you know, let's be real. 5% of Premier League players could probably do that. If that, you know, it's quite a rare talent he's got to do that. But that's it. But that's it. And when it comes to actually affecting the game and you think, well, going forward defensively, it's probably not enough. It's probably not enough 
let's go to Jorginho. Again, can be aesthetically pleasing when he's given time and space. Great player, in fact. Knitting the play, keeping it ticking, we know this. When it comes to defending, what happens? Looks like he's running in porridge and he just gets swept off by a gust of wind. You know, that's not what we need. In the in the middle, we need physicality. You always do in football. You do. You must. Look at the teams all above us. They've all got some kind of physicality there that we don't have. So seeing Zachariah coming in, brilliant. I think Cucurella, he's yet to adapt. I've heard... One thing that's quite interesting is that he's still playing the same way that he's was playing at Brighton, which could be very much on the front foot, trying to nick the ball early, and that's them being on the front foot. But then actually, the rest of the Chelsea team's yet to catch up with him. Who knows? I mean, that that's something I've heard, which was quite interesting, a theory on him. Koulibaly, I think... I don't think he's been as bad as a lot of people are saying. I don't think he's been good. We bought a player that was supposed to be at a certain level. I understand this, and he's been below that. I get it. I think he is actually on a decline. I yeah. think we've got him on a decline. Physically, it's just not working out. But um, one thing that was quite interesting to hear, actually, was uh, another theory. Someone said Tuchel had a lot of these players for a little while, and... The way he liked to play was quite risk-averse possession football. And he coached them and coached them and coached them and coached them and coached them into this. Now, trying to coach this out of these guys is going to take a while. And that might explain the lack of desire to go forward at times when there's clearly space there to attack. And you look at Arsenal, their players are coached into attacking the space constantly, whenever they can. Odegaard, push up into that space. Martinelli, Saka. You've got space in front of you, push up into it. Do you know what I mean? So Potter's got a huge job in coaching it out of some of these players, coaching out maybe the Tuchel. I actually buy into that theory a little bit um, and coaching him what he wants to do. But some of these senior players, to get back to your point, not looking good. Mason Mount, I haven't forgotten about you, my friend. I don't know what to say because now it's becoming apparent that maybe he's lost in, in space. Am I a centre attacking mid? Am I a centre mid? Am I a winger? What are you, mate? You're not in between all three of them. We need to see a little bit more from you to show that actually you should specialise in one position or another. It might not even be, it might not even be necessarily his fault that this is the case, but we're just seeing too much inconsistency right now to the point that he probably shouldn't be starting as much as he does. Stinks. Stinks. Havertz. I don't want to see him up front. I don't. I actually, and I know we're struggling with strikers now, but I liked him behind the striker. I think he he can ball out there a little bit. Yes, he could play forward a bit more, but when he's up front, he can go missing. When we don't have control of that game, not the game to play him up front in. I could carry on in a lot of these players, but we know the story. We need wholesale changes. Come the summer, it can start this month. Bamiang, Jorginho, off you go. That would be me um, doing what I'd love to to do. But, um, you know, obviously that's probably not going to happen. But, yeah, summertime, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. And then we move on. Yeah, I mean, probably the best part I'd say was actually us dealing like when City pressed. Building out from the back was probably the best bit. We actually looked semi-decent at that. And then as soon as it got to a certain part of the pitch, it was like, oh, 
what do we do now? And it's like the amount of times we would like sort of like, do we go forward? Ooh, I don't know. Let's play it. Let's do this. Let's do that. Yeah, it was. As Paul said, not going to do individuals. I know Kovacic got a bit of a rant from me there. That's just kind of a general thing. I've like I've just never I've liked the guy, but I've never been as sold as him as other play other people have. And I may be in the minority. He's a good player. He was very good last season. He should probably should have you know won Chelsea's. He could have been a contender for Chelsea. Obviously, he certainly deserved it over Mason Mount. Something about last season, but yeah, the, the midfield again, Paul again. I don't really want to do individuals too much. It was just really really bad. And it was really, really bad, and yet I don't think anyone absolutely stung the joints out, which, again, is kind of really weird to say. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But I don't want to repeat myself. We're going to kind of move on to listener questions. First question comes in from Dean. Is Gallagher's enthusiasm becoming a hindrance? Does he need to slow things down a bit? I mean, Jam, it is interesting because we kind of talked about, you know, we kind of took it, you know, midfield being something we focus on about Kovacic and Georgie and like, what are you kind of offering me? And I do kind of get that feeling with Conor Gallagher. It's like, I don't really know where you fit in this team. You're kind of like, all I can describe you as is like a chaos maker. Like, I bring you on if I want chaos. But I think the fact that we want or need chaos at some points in games is, is perhaps an indictment of where we are. And we're kind of chasing games. We kind of need someone. I don't really know where he fits in. Like, I want him, like, he's obviously from the academy. I want him to do well. He's just a bit clumsy. And I think, again, it was a point, one of the rare good things Jermaine Gina says on commentary, that Conor Gallagher just get, is a bit over eager times. He got booked. He got booked today. And he gets booked a lot. He plays a lot of football and he gets booked a lot. And he's a bit spiky. And he's a bit wiry. And he's just a bit like, I don't know. It's like, I wouldn't mind you being a bit of a shithouse if you were just a little bit better and you were kind of contributing a little bit more. Like, I've seen some people kind of go like, he's almost like Al McTominay, which feels really brutal. But I, my, although I actually don't think McTominay is anywhere near as bad a player as a lot of people think he's, but it's just one of those things like, you kind of know what you're going to get with him at points. I just don't know how much of it is how much of it is useful and just how he channels that energy like he's a there's clearly there's, there's something to work with there there is a player there to try and mold I just don't really know like what he does like I if he's a if he comes on as a sub I'm like okay cool I don't really know what to expect from you other than you're going to run around a bit and if you start a game you're going to probably run around a bit for me but that's all I can really say from them. I'm not really sure running around a bit is really like, I feel that's the bare minimum. So I don't know. But just thought, is, is Gallagher's enthusiasm becoming a hindrance? Does he need to slow things down a bit? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to say this. I like Gallagher. I like the mentality um, that he that he has because a lot of our players don't show anywhere near that kind of mentality. 
But as of this moment in time, I don't think his career is at Chelsea. Um, and that is because he's not really showing enough technical ability. And that's a big shout. And I I hate to to completely write him off. That's why I'm saying at this moment in time, what he's shown us until now, hopefully it can change. Um, yeah, it's it's not looking good. D, we need a bit more from him if he's going to play in the middle. Um, it's, the technical ability is not there. The vision lacks. You know, he almost makes up what he's going to do as he's going along. Um, and it gets him into a bit of trouble, runs into a few dead ends sometimes, just touch lets him down, overhits a pass. It's not really, really what you need from a midfielder. But his eagerness, I don't think that's an issue. I just think it's very chalk and cheese from the rest of our squad. He's the only one like that, so it looks bad. <laughs> Yet we're we're doing horrendously now anyway. I like it. I like it when he came on against City and he was just tearing around the pitch. You said uh, make some nuisance. That's probably what he was told to do by Potter. I don't think that was just him doing it. I think that was Potter saying, go on there, be a nuisance, get this team up, get the crowd going. I like it for that aspect. Within an 11, it could bring some balance, but a lot more needs to be coached into his game for him to work out at Chelsea. Um, So my answer to that question is, yeah, his over-eagerness can cause a lot of issues, but I wouldn't coach that out of him. I would coach into his game more of the technical aspect, better decision-making. You know, I I, I really would. And I, I think maybe... Could we look at him as a as a right back? Could that be a thing? You know, with, when you look at his his talents, could could that be something to be worked with? I don't know what position he plays. That's another issue. What's his best position? Is it right back? Is it right wing? Is it centre mid? Is it attacking mid? Who knows? Yeah. That's just me asking a question. I, I mean, just to put it out there, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, what I would say is I think this version of Conor Gallagher would have been so fun to watch in Frank Lampard's team in 1920 of all those other youngsters. If we had this version of Conor Gallagher in that team, it would just go well. Like, I mean, I'm not even then in that team, I'm not necessarily 100% sure where he fits, but I feel even then he would fit in more than what we want now. As I said, as I said, with Conor Gallagher, I don't know what the future holds. When he scored that brilliant goal against Pass, I said, just enjoy it for what it is. It's it's a boy living his dream in that moment. And I think every time he does go on the pitch, credit to him, I do think he almost plays like it's his last game. Like he knows he kind of does he almost say for now there. But it's just like when I'm talking about like a game and I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm not really sure. Like we're talking about him influencing a game and he did influence a game against City midweek. But it didn't really, I'm not sure like how positively it influenced. I don't think it was hugely negative, which is why I'm not, you know, chastising him for it but I'm also just not sure how effective it was it was just like it was just almost something going on like it was almost like in the background to almost everything else going on I know it's it, it's an, a weird one Dean but yeah he's it's one of those but there's something there but we've just got to got mold him I think um next question comes in from Sham are we leaving it too late or do you think there's still time to start looking at players who are going to be part of this squad for the start of next season and focus only on them I mean Jam this is kind of something I'm starting to see a bit more of people kind of coming to the idea that you know writing the season off which again it's the 8th of January and we're recording this which is I guess pretty dabbing of how this season has gone and just kind of the current feeling around it but is this the time where you kind of go just looking at players because and we've got questions about process but is this not a time where you kind of go okay yeah we're just gonna I'm not gonna fuck around in between the middle here I'm just gonna commit and just go right 
X, you're not in my plan. So Albie, you're not, you're just riding bench for me, etc. Like I'm going to commit to with this player, etc. I mean, again, I'm not saying Bashir Humphrey should be starting every week for Chelsea, not at all. But is he going to be someone now who we're going to look to incorporate into into this side potentially moving forward in some games potentially? Are we going to see Lewis all? Like, I mean, can Lewis all start? I don't see why at this moment in time why we can't trust Lewis all to start some games for us. So, do you think this is the time to you know start looking at? players to, for, for next season you know given that we just kind of go right well we don't we I mean we don't know 100% who will and won't be here next season um but do you just go where you go yeah we, we're going to start looking at players now for to be part of the squad next season kind of just go there and results are not immaterial but they're not the be all and end all they're perhaps le- they're a lot less important than they were in previous seasons yeah I think there's certainly a case for that that's probably being smart and just calling this for what it is right now. Obviously, the cynic in me says we need to be careful the other way. Obviously, you yeah, know yeah. we can't just we can't just be like yeah, well you know <laughs> we're safe for that. No, um, imagine saying that for Chelsea. But no, I think we do need to start incorporating these youngsters into the team a lot more. I mean, Amari Hutchinson's made the bench quite a lot of games. Uh, yeah, he's come on last two games, had an appearance. Great, Chukwemeka. He's there. He's had a few appearances this season. Um, I don't think we're going to see too much of Humphreys just because obviously we've got uh, Badia Shilo. Um, yeah, of course. So that that probably means that it was nice for him to get this game today, but probably not going to get much game time unless they're injuries. We need to see these guys. Lewis Hall, for sure, man. We For sure. We don't need to play them all at the same time. You know, we can still have a lot of seniority around them, but, you know, fill them away. Put one of them on. Absolutely. It could be done. It could be done. They need to grow because we're not getting anything out of the senior players. If we're playing all of them, we're not getting anything out of them. And I think, yes, there are players that should not be here come the 1st of September this year after the transfer window, if that's the date that it shuts. There are a lot of players that shouldn't be here and they should definitely be put on a bench. They should be benched. Um and only used if we need them. Break glass in case of emergency. Maybe bring them on for the last 30 minutes, of course. But, you know, I've said my feeling on a few players that, that shouldn't be here. We should not give them minutes at all. You know, well, at least starting minutes, sorry. Yeah, fair enough. Next question comes in for DT. He's got a few. Should Potter stick to 4 3 3 till the end of the season? I mean, Jam, 4 3 3, you kind of play 4 3 3. Obviously, there'll be some caveats then. Mr. Potter, please, if you're going to play a 4 3 do not have a really slow backline and do not have Jorginho protecting said slow backline if you're going to do the 4 3 But it does seem something that we've seen recently. Is it just one of those, like, that can just help if he can get to a formation? Like, just get something. Just give me something, like, not, not... I don't think everything is ever concrete, but something's almost close to that. Just give me something, like, just, you know... Give me something just to see, right? Okay, this is what we're going to do. Players get players actual defined roles and then just move forward. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's difficult though because yes, I think we should just play full free free. You know, I hate the five at the back or three at the back, whatever you want to call it. I hate it because it takes away from a lot going forward. But yeah, full free free, I think just needs to be played, and these guys are still getting used to it. Part of what I said earlier. Coaching out what Tuchel coached religiously and trying to coach him what he wants to do. It's going to take time. And the formation is the probably the first thing. Um, 
Trouble is, when you've got a team that don't have confidence, then there are going to be certain things that are going to be, you're not going to see that you want to see. You know, progressing that ball forward, being on the half turn in centre mid and actually turning out, knowing that you've already had a look, there's no one behind you and you can turn. All of a sudden, you make that turn, you've now got three attackers in front of you that all want to take the ball and you, you can actually attack the team before they actually get all their players back. Do you know what I mean? But what we're doing at the moment without confidence is instead of doing that half turn thing, we go back to the defence and they get all their players back. So we're missing these chances to progress the ball. That's part of the confidence. And I know Potter wants to do that. So, you know, we're losing our fear factor too. So every team we're coming up against are going, oh, this is Chelsea. We can take points off them. Let's just attack them. All of a sudden, we're going to have to defend more attacks than we usually would have if we had our fear factor of the start of the 2021-2022 season, you know? When we were top of the league flying, everyone was like, Christ, I'm playing Chelsea, we've got to be more defensive. That's when life was good, um, until we got our injuries and things went downhill with the sanctions and all of that, whatever. But yeah, it's, it's it just needs to be played through and through and through. Like I said before, in my review, we know this is going to be painful now and the pain is going to keep paining. Just we know it is what it is, <laughs> but at least we can gain something from this. You know, when you get some bad situations in life in football, there's still stuff to gain from it. And I think this way we do still gain from it going forward, you know, looking at the long-term projects. So, yeah, we need to. Yeah. And look, do not play a, a formation with wingbacks. If you do not have Reese James available, it's simple as that Chelsea. Um, next question. How many players of these squad would you keep next season? So I've got the Chelsea squad list up. This is going to be fun. We're going to sell off a whole squad, which is completely unfeasible. Um, Right, Kepa Ariz Balaga, stay or sell? Stay. Okay, Bettinelli, virtual keeper, whatever, he's irrelevant, we'll say keep. Well, you know, homegrown, etc. Mendy. Sell. Yeah, it's it, you've got to sell one of Mendy or Kepa, I think, in the summer, probably. Uh, Slanina, it's fine, keep, probably alone. Badashile is just fine, so we're not getting him out the door just yet. <laughs> um, Tiago Silva, because this is an interesting one, because we talk about a project, and obviously at some points you probably will need experience in a project, but do we want a 38, 39-year-old still having like a really key role at Chelsea next season? Because obviously, I mean, we do not know if he would want to accept a, a limited role. We do not know. He's still performing at a high level where he can play every week. Tiago Silva is amazing. He's been one Chelsea, probably easily Chelsea's best player this season, um, which kind of makes it the I'd suggest. I think to some will make the idea of potentially get offloading him ridiculous. But would you keep him around for another season, or would you go? You know, Tiago, thank you for everything. We, you know, we're going to go just completely new direction. I'd love to keep him. I'd love to. I don't know if he's done his coaching badges or anything, but I'd offer him. I'd say, look, let's let's get you doing your coaching badges. Let's let's. What can we offer you? You're going to have a limited role, but I love what he brings. I saw the camera pan to him today on the bench. You may have seen this, Nick, and he was there just gesturing. Just he, he was almost like a coach, like a manager. He's fully involved, even though he was not involved. Do you know what I mean? He should be our captain, really. It, you know, if it wasn't for Asby being here for so long, he, he should be. I think he's got an awful lot to offer such a young team. And I think, you know, you get a Colwell back in into this squad as well. 
to learn from him, even if it's just in training for a year. Oh my goodness, I'd love it. Um, so yeah, keep him. Fair enough. Trevor Chalabar, keep. Keep. Yep. Ben Chilwell, keep. Reese James, obviously keep. Kaladu <laughs> Kula Bali, sell. At this moment in time, would be sell. Um, if between now and the end of the season, he can show actually what he is usually about, what he has been about in Napoli, I would start to tinker with keeping him for for at least another season. Um, But yeah, at this moment in time, I'd say sell. Cesar Azpilicueta, sell. I mean, we we should have let him go last time already. Mark Cucurella, keep. I know people, I know he's not necessarily everyone's favourite player, but he signed for 60 mil. He's also a bit younger, there's still time etc so keep for another season to just accept that this is like you know not the quite what we'd expect from him but you know still got to give him time and you can't cut losses yes Wesley Fafana oh bless I kind of forget he exists sometimes but... who's that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> keep just because like we don't know there's not enough evidence yet and we've just got to you know might as well see what we can do uh Bash Humphreys obviously he should probably go online somewhere next season maybe hopefully or just go back to the dev squad right now we get into midfield Jorginho Bye bye. Arrivederci. Okay. Go on. And Golo Kante. On trial until the end of the season. And what I mean by that is if he can string together, um, you know, a good 10, 15 games, then I'd be tempted to keep him for one more season. If he can't do that, his body breaks down. Bye bye. Fair enough. Mateo Kovacic. I don't know. See, I, my only reason to sell him is because he reportedly wants to leave. That's kind of my only reason because I think like he's a he's a good player and he is right now. And it's not it's not a big achievement, but he is Chelsea's best midfielder, despite what I might have said earlier. How he's been pretty rubbish this season, outperformed by Dennis Zakaria for the last year and a bit, last season and a bit. He has been Chelsea's best player, best on best player, best midfielder. Jam is it one of those? If he if if he's fine staying stay but at the same time if he wants to go you just it's maybe just for time to go because we do, we have got a habit of keeping players on longer than we should so long as we replace that quality um then yeah i just if we we've got a lot of surgery to do as it is if we don't replace that then i can see a few issues but let's just say i i you know just to go back to what we said i wouldn't want to sell him and then just kind of integrate Gallagher more. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's we need to bring someone yeah. else in. So that's one. Consider. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. He's like, a, he's a utility man. Like, I don't think there's that much harm keeping him around, but then like, do you kind of then need to also raise the ceiling a bit of some of your squad players a bit? I don't know. We've He's been a squad player for a bit. He's had some injury issues again this season. I don't know. Like, how long do we cling on to the Ruben dream? How long do we keep him around? I don't know. I, I was before the start of the season. I thought it was really dumb. Don't sell him because he played quite a lot for us last season. Played quite a number of roles and was fairly good. And now I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's a time. Maybe he can just be part of a big clear out. And again, this is all being probably quite unrealistic. The amount of players we would let go to the amount of will, but let go. But Jam Ruben off his cheek. I'd keep him. Do you know why? It's because. He knows Chelsea. He's been there for ages. We know what he can do. You know, let's be real. He's probably not going to get any better than he is right now. 
But you, like you said, he's a utility man. If he's happy with his role in the yeah. team, then you do need to value such players and say, okay, like you know, you'll get your game time, but you know, you're you're not starting. If he's happy with that, then I will keep him. If he's not, then yeah, that's when we probably have to look to get rid. Fair enough. Mason Mount. Are we on the terms of keep, but don't go demanding three hundred k a week, or you can, or you can say goodbye? Are we, is that where we're kind of at with it? Like, take the contract that's on the table, Mason. Move on quickly. Yeah, I mean it's definitely keep, but yeah, you're not worth that much money, Matt. You, you're just, just you're not even, not even two hundred k. Like, come on, mate. Yeah, Mason. If there's a generous contract offer on the table, just take it. Just take it, given how you've played this season. Got a lot of love for you. Been a brilliant player for us over the season. Has carried this team on his back more than he should have. But we can't, we've got to be wary of wage structures and the stupidity we made in some decisions. Jan, we can't mention it. Danny Zachariah is probably one just to wait till the end of the season if we want to trigger that option. Conor Gallagher, is it again just a case of probably wait and see till the end of the season and then will decision to be made on the summer? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've already said I think his career is best outside of Chelsea at this moment in time, but let's see what he can do. Fair enough. Chukameka Hall Hutchinson going nowhere. Um, That's fine. The attack. The attack. We already discussed Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, Bye. Christian Pulisic, who I'm pretty sure Graham Potter has said will be out for some weeks. We, We got our update this evening. I mean, Jam, I don't know. Like... There's a player, there's a talent, but how many years, how long are we going to keep saying Jam's waving goodbye? Okay, Jam's got the answer. Raheem Sterling, I mean, we can't just upload him after one season, can we? He's not trying to score. I really hope you can call that. Oh, that, that scream from Jam. Oh. Mr. Marquee signing, yeah, uh, of 2022. Let, let, let. Do you know what? The year 2022 has been a very good year for Chelsea. Let that tell you everything you need to know about the Marquis signing suit. Look, he should not be relied on to be a starter. Let's put it that way. Okay, let's see what he can come back and do when he's back from his injury. I I appreciate he's been our best attacker in a very poor attack. Don't forget that. Um, But I still don't think he can offer what we need. Truly what we need to be competing at the top and to develop. I don't think so. And I don't think he's going to want to be on the bench, which is why he left City. He could have just yeah. sat there on the bench. You know, he really could have. So that's a very tricky one. I almost want to see what he does for the rest of the season. But if he's if he's not really doing much and he doesn't want to dribble past people, sorry, mate. I, I Generally, I'll be harsh and say bye. But then I've got an agenda. So, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, people are going to be listening to this going, you're selling the whole squad. Yeah, this isn't going to happen in one summer. But, you know. It, I guess it's just a general feeling of what we feel about some of these players. Um, Armando Brogia, out for the season. We've just got to see how he recovers. We can't really form anything on him. He'd done okay when he played. Yeah. Hakim Ziyech. Bye. Like, I don't well, I don't really see how he suits. Like, nothing against him. Had a great World Cup. I don't think he's been awful since he's come back from World Cup. But I just don't think we utilise him well. And it's just one of those players we've just not really properly used since he's been here. So probably best to go. Fafana has just signed. Jam, Kai Havertz. This is an interesting one. He's been at Chelsea. This is his third season at Chelsea. 
there's a player, like whatever people think, whatever they think of inconsistency, there's a player there, there's a talent there. We see, you see glimpses, you see a lot, but is it one you get an offer, you get a, you get an offer you consider? Yeah, I was about to say that. Let's just say if someone came in by Munich, 50 to 70 mil and, and wanted him, whatever it is, I'd say, okay, mate, well, I wouldn't feel bad. Do you know what I mean? If if Havertz left, I wouldn't feel bad. Is there a player? Yeah, there, there, there is. I mean, could he be a part of this whole rebuild? Yeah, of course he could be. But is he bought into it? I just wonder because, and it's not just him that I question this with, but all of this... Chelsea drama over the last three years that is so draining when you've got a finite career as a player you've got to think actually at some point when am I going to be in an established team that is where I feel like I should be do you know what I mean yeah is he knackered is he tired of this is he really bought into the project because if he is I I I will keep it I I just don't know if he will be and that's no slight on him it's just it is draining it would be for anyone yeah, exactly. We've been a mess for a few years and we've not really progressed forward as a club. I mean, even look at someone like Mesa Mount, obviously getting offered a report of good contract, which he would be very lucky to get. And so in my opinion, but you look at him, he's been part of that since he broke into that Chelsea side. He's won a Champions League. Chelsea were brilliant in that Champions League campaign. But Chelsea have not actually really progressed much as a football club in the time from him making his debut to where they are now. And there's probably a lot of other players who have been in there like, well, there's already a few years of my career gone and we've not really progressed. So, yeah, again, I wouldn't blame it. I said, if Kai Havertz, then make him like, I'm not saying make him the front and centre, but you make him a key part of that that project. You make him, you make Reese James, who we've got signed down to a big contract. So, thank God that got sorted when it did. But you make, if you do, if Havertz is... If Havertz is committed, then 100% keep him. And you put him, Reese, and Mount, if he's committed, them as part of the key parts of your project going forward, what you want to build. I'm not saying you build a team around them, but you kind of, those are the people you kind of focus on a lot. And and yeah. And then I think the final part of Dieter's question was what signing should we make in the transfer window? Um, I mean, we don't need to spend too long on this. Enzo Fernandez, I guess, would be nice if that one could get sorted, regardless of what you think people think of the price we're paying for him, etc. Just a midfield body. I mean, jam, simple, but a right back would be nice, a backup. You know, if there's a right back out there we can get. I mean, those two, like, I mean, it's January. I'm not sure how much business you can get done in January. And we've already, you know, Andre Santos, the youngster has come in, Fafan has come in, etc. So there's been signings for the future, and I think we've probably made a lot of those. So is it simply put, like, get Enzo in and if there's a right back out there on the market get him in as well that's that's probably fine I'd be delighted with that I don't think Enzo is going to happen now um, yeah. sadly but uh, Pedro Porro apparently we've been reported to be in for that as well um, and he's he was, last season we, he was the top performing sort of right back in um, the Portuguese league for sporting so He's got some really good numbers in this season. He's got some really good numbers again. So I like that because I feel like whilst I haven't watched him an awful lot, I've watched a few sporting games, actually. I, I did take note of him. But, you know, he could maybe be that replacement for Reese in terms of the the uh, sort of attacking output. Yeah. Defensively, maybe a little bit more sus. But if this is a backup right back, what do you want? <laughs> do you know what I mean? 
So I, I'd be happy because hopefully he'd be overlapping, he'd be creating space for the attackers, he'd be getting us up the pitch, which is what we desperately miss when Reese doesn't play and when Chilwell doesn't play. Everyone else doesn't do that. So, you know, yeah, Pedro Porro I'd be happy with. Centre mids, oh, it's looking long, mate. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I, what I don't want, what, what I must admit, I don't want us to get players are less on loan. I don't want us to get players that are just going to plaster over the cracks for the rest of this season, but then we get them in the, as a permanent transfer for a number of years because we get stuck with them. Look at Bamian, stuck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We just yeah. If it's for this season, loan them. Um, otherwise, if it's long-term, then go and get him. Yeah, as well. So I'd say with Zachary, just wait and see because like, he's been good. And I think he's also probably been made to look good by the fact that how others bad how how bad others have been around him, and his profile is nice. But then I go, okay, well, you go. Is there a profile of player out there who we can get who's better than Zachariah? And then you go after him before I think you then consider making Zachariah permanent. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Next question comes in from RJ. How much of the on-field performances this season has dampened your positivity for the progress made behind the scenes by the club? And with that, while the club has been investing for the long term, how much leniency does Potter get this season? I mean, Jam, like, because there's like talk, Chelsea, it does feel like there's a plan in place. It does feel like we're trying to move in the right direction. You know, appointments made, etc. Technical direct, you know, Vivel, etc. And there is a sense of like, there is a plan. We kind of know what we're doing. It doesn't feel just like scattergun like before. It does feel there is a. It doesn't feel as scattergun as before. But it does feel a plan. So how much is like the on-field performances dampen your positivity progress made behind the scenes? But well, I mean, I guess it probably it must do a lot because we're fans. Like we we care about what we see on the pitch. Like we don't really care what we see. Behind the scenes, behind the scenes stuff helps the stuff moving forward and come on pitch, which is why it's probably quite good. It's good we're doing this stuff now. But as a fan, when I go, how, how successful were Chelsea this season? I'm not going to go, oh, you know, we came 10th. But look, we did all this stuff behind the scenes. I'm going to remember what happened on the pitch. Right. So it, I mean, it has dampened it a lot, hasn't it? Like it, it's one of those like you just got we probably accept that this was we didn't think it would get we perhaps didn't think it would be this tough this season. But we also kind of perspective that yeah it would be a bit it would be a bit difficult this season the points yeah it's of course it's dampened it um I think we've got to remember that there's a lot of mess to sort out so you know progress isn't necessarily a straight diagonal line going up it's um it's going to be up and down and up and down and up and down but hopefully the gradual progress is going up sooner or later be great but of course the on-field performances have dampened it but we've got to remember our biggest opposition this season has been injuries that's not their fault that that is literally not what can you do so that's going to affect heavily affect the on-field performances when you see the injury list it's just for the key players so I on one hand I get really frustrated and I do it does dampen my sort of um belief in this whole project and then they know what they're doing on the other hand I have a lot of sympathy because there's a lot of mistakes that historic uh, uh, historic 
issues to sort out. Um, and then, yeah, you've got the injuries. What I would say that dampens it a little bit more is, and I don't want to buy into reports too much because Chelsea, Chelsea is the ultimate clickbait and has been since um, Abramovich bought us, um, you know, way back when. Chelsea, 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 this, that, that. We're in the media all the time. It just gets clicks. The reports of us going for loads and loads of players with like almost what feels like a scattergun approach, I personally don't like it because it does make us look a bit messy and it could affect any transfers that we do really want to go through. That's where I'm losing a little bit of faith, I must admit. That's where my question marks are. But yeah, you know, what can you do? It's the start. It's the beginning. So I'm not at a danger level yet. It's just, you know, I'd like to have seen better things. Yeah, and next question. With that, while the club has been investing for the long term, how much leniency does Potter get this season? I mean, that goes in links into another question from Clint. If Graham, if GP has a process, has that been agreed with a board and other board going to give him time to implement it? And Matt Carr, what do Bowley and management do next? So I guess we can just use this as a talk about Potter and the process, and we can link it into Prashamp's question afterwards. But what does how much leniency does Potter get? I mean, Jam, there's a structure been brought in around him. You know, got his coach stuff, such a so to then to that to Clint's point, I would say that you know it has been agreed they are going to give him time to implement it, but with time you also do have to show something. It's not like you've got an you've got a, an endless amount of time and we are going to back you no matter what. You do have to show something. And so to ask how much leniency will Potter get this season? I mean, I think he, I think you know top four. If we if we don't get top four, which I I don't think we will, I do not think he will be sacked. I do not think missing out on top four will get him sacked. I do not know. I do not think there's a magic league position which goes, you come here, you're safe. You finish below that, you're fired. I don't think it's like as obvious. I don't think there's like some something really as obvious as that. I think if these people are clever, and I think these are clever people because they wouldn't have got to where they are if they weren't, they will know the context of, of injuries and what's gone on. And obviously they would have liked the manager to have found solutions and and better maybe solutions or dealt with it a little bit better but they will know the context of what is going on so I think there will be some leniency I don't I don't you know I can't say if we finish 14th possible be here next season I don't know because that would be really bad because we'd have to fall even lower than we are right now but I don't know if we finish top 10 and if we finish higher than top 10 which we should do if we finish I don't know 7th or 8th I think he'll be here next season but again, it also depends on what we see. Like, cause to finish in those positions, we're going to have to obviously improve the results we're getting. And by improving on those results, I would also think we may be seeing some other things. To, you know, maybe he will get things starting clicking or he will be implementing young players or there'll be something. So I think there will be leniency. And as I said, even just reaction, people after that 1-0 defeat against C, that was more positive. That's probably the most positive Chelsea that it, it's kind of felt around Chelsea just for a little bit, even if it was only for a day or two. There was just a little bit of positivity, something there. So if we can just build on that. But Jam, how much leniency does, does Potter get this season? They'll give him the rest of the season. Come on. Yeah. Um, we're going to finish in the top 10. I think we will. Um, if we don't, that, that might be a little bit of maybe alarm bells, but realistically like you said they brought in a whole structure around him they've already backed him why are you going to go and change that now that's going to set us back quite a way um you need to let him implement what he needs to do you've got him for a reason and he hasn't been able to implement it he's been battling against nhsfc 
all our key players are out. What do you expect him to do? He's trying to manage us through this process right now. He hasn't even begun to really get in what he really wants to do. You know, um, obviously he's begun to do that, but he hasn't really been able to do it all round. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's a case of just allowing the season. You've got to remember, at this point right now, we're still in the Champions League. See how we get on there. I mean, a cup run in that competition, that's going to buy a few credits. So, you know, <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But anyone saying let's get rid, what's your plan? I ask you. What yeah, are you cooking? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and to math question, what do body management do next? I say it's in January. Get the body through the door that Potter wants or that you think are attainable. And then you just sit back and you just, you sit back and watch and just assess what's going on, which is all, as Chelsea fans, we can do as well. We can't, you know, we've just got to sit back and watch. It's why I've always struggled with Potter, like how, there's all, how we're a matter of months in and there's already such strong views on him one way or the other that's the one thing I've just really struggled to grasp with this season how there's such strong views one way firmly backing him which is admittedly is is nowhere near as much as the view of those firmly not believing in him and while I'm aware as I've repeated many times Amanda you've also got to earn your belief but you've you literally give it months and you've there's so many people like given up on him I don't get how you can have such a strong view feeling like that given context even as well, like Chelsea were not remarkably like so so much better prior to it. Like, yeah, obviously we were better. We were obviously better prior to to him coming in, but that was because we were like you know just patching over it, like really desperately patching over things. Just just wait and see. Bodie and management, just give it, just give try and back him in January best as you can. And then just sit back and watch and what you do. I don't really think there's much to do. Like we're just we're in the, we're finding out about him. Like you're just learning about him still. I don't think the comp- yeah. There's such strong views which I just really struggle to really get behind. Uh, the next question is from Prashant. This will probably link into it. Jam is always positive about this trust for process. I just wanted to ask him what has he seen so far for him to be positive for the rest of the season. The injuries are massive, but what has this manager done? to give him the benefit of the doubt. This kind of just links back in... You jam, and look, admittedly, on this podcast, we were talking about the players. What have you done for me recently? We kind of said, Jorginho, what have you done for me recently? Kovacic, what have you done for me recently? All these players. And you can label that a Potter. Potter, what have you done for me recently? He's bought... He's played some play, He's played some younger players. Great. That's one thing he's done. But just your thoughts, feelings on, on pressure on the question? Because I said, you know, what, what has the manager done to give him the benefit of doubt? And what have you seen to be, you know positive or more positive than most I guess for, for the rest of the season so just because I'm backing Potter and supporting him doesn't mean that he hasn't got his faults or things that he needs to improve I'll just say this here and now um, I think he's a very methodical guy so he's come in tried to keep his coolness composure Hasn't really gone one way or the other. When it comes to press interviews, he's been very calm for the first three months and recently he started biting back a little bit. So now I think his feet are under the table and he's he now knows what it's about and he, he didn't want to come in like a bull in a china shop. He wanted to come in, study everything. Now he feels like he knows it. Now I think we're going to see a little bit more from him. Um, what have I seen though? I'll be honest, I haven't really seen an awful lot more than... Some things on the pitch where I do believe we're trying to play forward a bit quicker. 
Um, and like I said earlier, I do think he's got a hell of a task trying to coach out the ways of Tuchel of being a bit more risk averse than, you know, actually you're a winger, run past your defender or try. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Be a bit more direct. I think he is going to be a bit more direct. Um, and I think we've seen some some hints of that and he's sticking. Now he seems to be sticking to a 4 free free So I like that. Otherwise, it's it's looking at the moment that, that there isn't an awful lot more that I could say, you know, in, in that sense. But I am still positive, though. I am still positive just because I do think long term this is the man for us. And like I said earlier, he's been battling against NHSFC, all of these key players being injured. If we had all of these players, it'd be amazing to see what we can do. Actually, think back to when he started. People say new manager bounce, but actually we did really well when he started. And then the key injuries came in. Bang, bang, bang. And then we went downhill. A bit like what happened with, you know, when we were under Tuchel as well. That December, I'll never forget it. We just went from top of the league to rubbish. So, you know, I think we need to wait and see what he can do about these injuries. We we can't yeah, and, and not till- support him. Until like he's got a, has a meaningful run of games with like a full fit like with a near full fit squad, it's going to be really hard to to judge from what we see. And look, I know Chelsea fans are ingrained in trophies and success, and we all want Chelsea to be successful. But what has he? What has this manager done to give him the benefit of the doubt? Well, I'd say to you, look what he again. People aren't going to like this, but Ostersons, okay, people aren't going to value that highly. But he took a team from I think the third tier in Sweden and got them into the Europa League playing football, whatever you think, and that's maybe there's not some big, really fancy, shiny trophy at the end of it, but that's him building something from sort of the ground up and building a process. Brighton, you know, he had them fourth when he left this season. He kind of gradually built... I know people are going to oh, we had him finish 16th. There was a run where he didn't win a game for etc. about a year. Yeah, of course. But he's not going to have that at Chelsea. He's not going to have the low... He should not have, like, the really low lows at Brighton at Chelsea because Chelsea should, in theory, have a better squad, but you're asking for a, a new ownership who want to undergo a project and they're picking someone and they're going with someone who has experience undergoing a project just because that project has not been as big or as vast as it would be as big a club as it is at Chelsea. You know, he's still got experience in that. If if the previous ownership were in charge and we were talking about a project, I think we all wouldn't really believe it. And the view would be very different on, on Graham Potter and giving him time. You know, as I said, Thomas Tuchel was the perfect manager for the previous regime, but he was not for this. And that's okay to admit. He's not been a project manager at clubs. Like, he's not been a project manager at clubs, really. PSG, Chelsea, like, Dortmund, like, they're not really, like, project clubs. Or they not then. He does not have, he is nowhere near as good a manager as Thomas Tuchel. But no one is saying he is. And Thomas Tuchel was struggling with these players anyway. So then if this manager, who we pretty much all accepted, is not as good as Thomas Tuchel, then why are we expecting more from him as well? That's one thing that's kind of brought me more. But like, we've not dra- we've not really improved since Tuchel came over. I was like, but yeah, but Tuchel's a better manager and we're struggling with this squad. I think people, again, in that area, were just shocked that there was not this immediate like thing where we our problems went away for a matter of months because the Band-Aid finally stopped working. The Band-Aid finally stopped working when we appointed Potter because we actually, you know, and we've actually decided to try and confront our problems. As I said, he can't just he can't just blindly lose every single week. And if he loses at Fulham and Crystal Palace, or even if he draws both or whatever, it's not going to look good because those are games he's got to be winning and it's going to put pressure on him. That does not mean that, like, 
the support, that does not mean sack him. But it just, well, again, then doubts will start a question there. But four of the most recent, so Chelsea now one win in, in nine in all comps or whatever, or maybe something like that. Four of those defeats are to the top two in England. Three of them are to Man City. Two of them are in cup competitions. One of them's to Arsenal. Oh, and one of those other defeats is to third place Newcastle in the Premier League. Like, you're looking at these run of games, and I, I, met, I found a stat the other day, which, again, this is going to really piss off a certain section of people. And this stat does not include Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth, because Thomas Tuchel did not play against them. Okay, but if you, if you want to be included, then compare it to Watford and Norwich last season, okay? And then there's probably a plus two Tuchel points differential on what Potter's got. But they've managed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Premier League games. The same nine Premier League games, and these from Tuchel last season, Potter this season. Tuchel fifteen points from nine the nine games Potter has managed. Potter eleven. All right. Crystal Palace away, they both won. Wolves at home, Tuchel drew, and Potter won. Villa away, they both won. Brentford away, Tuchel won, Potter drew. Manchester United at home, they both drew. Brighton away, Tuchel drew, Potter lost. Arsenal at home, they both lost. Newcastle away, Tuchel won. Potter lost. City at home. They both lost. There's not really that much of a difference. And the only real difference is Newcastle. And that's also a completely different club that we face then as to what we face now. And I realise that's just one set of games. And as the course of the season, if we were to do a comparison, I would not surprise me if we get widened at all. And I completely understand that. But I'm just also looking at these run of fixtures that he's had. And we did not do markedly better in them last season under Tuchel. But those all that run of fixtures were not all put together. They were not all put together. They'd have been sandwiched in between some other fixtures. And it's just the way the schedule goes. And it's not, that's not a defensive Potter to say, oh, but only Tuchel and Gavis and Potter's done that. So it's not, it's just to explain the context of the situation. But these teams that Potter struggled against, Chelsea struck, Chelsea and Tuchel also struggled against as well quite a bit and didn't do markedly better against. And if we accept that the squad is not as good as it was last season, I know people will point to the new signings we made, but I do not think the squad is as good as it was last season. Raheem Sterling in an attacking sense, fine, has improved has maybe improved our attack a bit. Maybe. Jam Jam's squinting a bit. He, he's doubting. But he's probably improved it. But you can't tell me that defensively we've got better than we had last season. We lost Andreas Christensen and Tony Rudiger. One of those replacements isn't fit enough to play, and the other has not been anywhere near as good. And then Cucurella, the jury's still out on. So I'm kind of looking at it like what and this is again a really long answer, but it's just pointing out to you that Things were not drastically better than they were now. And it's a credit. And what I will say to Thomas Tuchel, he managed that mess that Chelsea had been in post-2017 title win. Better than any Chelsea manager I can remember. Better than Frank, better than Sarri, better than second season contact. He did a remarkable job. He did a remarkable job squeezing out what he did. But even by the end, it almost had defeated him. So look, what has he done to give benefit job? He's got experience at building projects before. Just because those projects have not resulted in the big glitzy glamour trip, that's because they've not really had the opportunity because they're not at those clubs to do that. But projects and success being a project is different. People, a lot of people, would turn their nose up at Brentford manager Thomas Frank because he's not won a meaningful trophy. But you look at what he's done with Brentford since he's come in. He's got them promoted from the championship. Lost in, I think their first season lost in the playoff on the final way and before they had some near misses. Got them promoted. First season, comfortable save, survival in the Premier League, getting some results, going toe-to-toe against the Big Six. Again, this season, we should be comfortably safe, getting results at the Big Six, winning away at Manchester City, etc. Drawing with Spurs, drawing with us, beating United. Like They get results against these teams. 
And now, what's his proof? Oh, he's won a championship playoff final. That's probably all. That's I mean, I do not know his career before Brentford. That's probably all I could point to as success. But he is clearly an example of a manager who has gone, you know, been involved in a project and is succeeding in that project. And Brentford are, I do not think, ever likely going to be that team to challenge for the big, big trophies because they have a, probably have a ceiling. But he's done really well, and this is my point with Potter. He's not going to, like, comparing him to like all these elite managers, like, fine, but he's not, it's kind of unfair on what he's done in the past because he's not had the opportunities those guys have done. This is his opportunity now. And this is where we can see, see what he's done. Arsenal and Arteta. Okay, Arteta won an FA Cup early on in his reign at Arsenal. Fair enough. And he won a community shield if you want to count that. But post that, the, you know, the, the, that league season, the season after that were awful. They hit so many lows. They hit so, so many lows where they had no clue what direction they were going in. And look, if he'd been at Chelsea at that time, he'd have gone, right? And it, and maybe it was also due to the Arsenal owners, etc., how much they cared and how ambitious, etc. that you know, how lack of ambition, etc. he stayed. But this is the point that, I'm at, like, there doesn't always, there's going to be points in this where we don't really know where it's going. But that doesn't mean it can't, like, turn around. And that doesn't, you know, so just try and, like, Relax with it all. I'm not saying possible be the man for Chelsea. I w- I thought you know I think he probably could have done more with what you know in time so far. He's not flawed. He's not excused from anything. There's probably different things he could have done tactically, of course. But this is a manager who, in the past, has got proof of building clubs up and taking them to a different direction. I mean, everyone's praising Robert Roberto De Zerbi at Brighton for improving, you know, Brighton where they're playing. They're they're, they're lower than they were under Potter when they took over. He's playing some really good stuff. They're getting some good results and, may, and maybe they'll continue to rise and obviously put us fourth place at the time. Maybe that was, you know, it was always going to go downhill at some point afterwards. But this is the point. Just like, just try and relax me patient and also expect, what are people expecting from games against Manchester City? What are you expecting from them? They wiped the floor with us twice last season when we had a much better team than we have now. We didn't lay a glove on them. They beat us 1-0 two times. They have the most comfortable 1-0 wins I can remember. There's like, just, yeah, I again, I'm just rambling and ranting on here a bit, but just like, try and just stay calm and just do not worry about top four and league position too much. Just try and be patient. Again, it sucks that we've gone out for the third round of the FA Cup for the first time in 25 years, but that's because we got drawn against way at Manchester City. Like, that's the way the draw goes. People, lo- again, people will love to praise Peace Manager as a cup, you know, oh, but we got to all these finals, etc. under Tuchel. Yeah, but also, if you get a pretty kind cup run, you're kind of expected to. Like, did you see our FA Cup run last year prior to Liverpool in the final? The toughest team we played was Crystal Palace in the semi-finals. It was literally all championship and below up in the rounds prior to that. So this is the thing. I know people are going, oh, but, you know, he was able to bring, do do well in cups, etc. Of course, but that also relies quite, quite a deal on, on a draw and who you get in it. So just like wait and see, we've gone out of two domestic cups because we've gone up against probably one of the toughest opponents we could have got in those two cup ties. It is what it is. It sucks. So just just wait and see. I'm not going to say blindly trust the process. I'm not going to try and convince people how to think because people can think for themselves. And I'm not going to waste my energy trying to get people to to be patient or, or be patient for a guy that I'm completely ambivalent to. Like I am, there's no strong feeling one way or the other. I'm just trying to look. What Chelsea will actually see Chelsea go forward and not look at it as is Potter good enough? Whereas I want to see, I'd rather Chelsea try this way with Graham Potter and fail 
than just stick to the old ways of a Band-Aid and a Band-Aid and just report, you know, go nowhere. And OK, maybe we lift the domestic up. I would rather at least try this way and fail than do it with you than not know, you know. So, yeah, just look, he, it will take time. It's going to get worse before it gets better, people. You th- it's going to get worse. It will get worse. We've got Liverpool or whatever. Enough. Who knows what will happen there? But it will get worse. We've still got to play Arsenal away. We've still got to play Spurs away. I know we have a great record at Spurs away, but, you know, we could struggle there. We've got to play Man United away, who I know we always tend to draw against. But we've got games. Like, it could get a lot worse, people. All right. But it got, like, you've just got to actually accept that. Stop with the macho, this is Chelsea Football Club. We have standards, we have values, we are Chelsea, we puff our chest out. Because that's the approach that Manchester United took for seven or eight years and look where it's led them. Look at where, look at how far they've fallen. As soon as you like stop with the machoism and just like actually accept that the way we operated the last few years on the previous regime has also led us to where we are and how we've fallen behind other clubs and the mess that we've now got to actually deal with face on. Yeah, we won some trophy. Yeah, we won some cups. Okay, cool. We were labelled a cup team. We lost a lot of finals in that time as well. Like this cup team we were labelled as was not particularly successful. Like we lost a lot of cup finals in that time. We win a Champions League, which is brilliant, and I'm not changing winning a Champions League for anything. But it has really morphed people's views so much. It's morphed their views on these players. What we saw before and after that Champions League is a more accurate reflection of what we than of those players' ability. We were brilliant in that Champions League run. Everything came together and it was brilliant. But it's not lasted and it did not translate to other competitions. It's just accepting, just being brutally honest and accepting reality. We are not this elite team that we once were. We want to be an elite club. But if we keep hanging on to this idea that, oh, but we should be this. We have a God-given right to be that. We're not going to get anywhere. We've got to earn and we've got to earn our right to be there because other clubs... Other clubs have gone about things smartly and have caught up with us and in some cases overtaken us. And you've just got to accept that and move on. Like, we'll see what happens. Potter and the energy. Like, I don't know if he's the guy to be the Chelsea manager, but I don't know who I don't know who I would take now. I, there's not a name you give me out there who I'd say, yes, I would sack this manager tomorrow for him. I don't know if it's going to get better. But also, like... I'm just like, just let's just see how it happens. Let's just see how it plays out. Let's just see what can happen. And look, it'll be interesting to see if that is a, if that happens, how toxic things get, how negative things get, and if we can, if Potter and the club are brave enough and can fight through that and fight above it, we'll have to wait and see. But like, yeah, I'm not going to get, I'm not even really that mad at what I've seen today. I didn't have high expectations for it. It was really bad. It was really bad, but I'm not even that mad. I wasn't expecting anything. Just kind of try and face reality and accept. These players are better. These players are performing worse than they should do, 100%. And I think Potter should be doing a better job with these players currently than he is. But I also don't expect him to be working miracles. And if there's certain issues like going on, I'm not. It's not just going to magically get fixed. So. Yeah, again, I'm waffling, I'm rambling, and it's probably time to end. That was the final question. Jam, unless you've got anything to add, I will, I will end there. No, Nick, that was um, some really good passion, mate, and you, you spoke sense. You know, to those that, that say, suck him now, what is your plan? What are you cooking? What comes next? What's your long-term view? We do need to get out of this whole short-termism. We need to get out of it. Higher fire, higher fire. This has changed. Like you've said, Nick, let's 
let's see how this pans out. Let's have a look. But we do need to give it time. That's the thing. We are not entitled to be in the top four. We're not entitled to be in cup finals all the time. We just have to take it for what it is. I'm just yeah. repeating what you're saying, but yeah, we were we were spoiled considering how we were run the last few years of the Very British spoiled. regime. We were spoiled so much with the success and all the finals we reached, which again is credit to the various managers. I think who actually in that difficult time did a pretty damn good job, all things considered, in the circumstances. But this thing, like we had all this success, and people like well, people people want that success, but they also want the the long term building of a project. And the ever and as soon as we get to the idea that oh that one's getting further away and I'm not quite seeing this, like they panic, and it, I get it. It's ingrained because you expect you know we've not we've not seen anything like this before. But just well, Nick, chill. The 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 way to describe it really in in one phrase is people want to arrive at the destination without taking the journey. Exactly. Simple as that. Exactly, and it's and it's like you know it's so easy like for people to to look at it's easy to look at it from other clubs' perspectives and. People can like a project from a distance when it's not their club because they don't have to go through the suffering, but they can admire it and they can see the different things. And then as soon as it gets to us, you're like, oh, oh, I'm a bit uncomfortable here. I'm a bit, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is this is new. This is a bit weird. But you look at Arsenal. Arsenal were a club that essentially were top four, a battle, top four battles for, for so long. They didn't win anything for a while. In that period, they won a few FA Cups towards the end. And then they just eventually fell out and became a laughing stock and they said okay you know we've got to now ex- confront this and accept the pain and they went through with it and now look at them and look who knows what Ars- what Arsenal are going to achieve this season but they're going to be in the Champions League next season at the very worst something they haven't been in for years so in that sense their project has already paid off so we'll just wait and see just wait and see what will happen I'm look I, I'm not expecting people to be happy clappy or like blind blind optimism no, don't be. Raise questions, of course. Ask questions. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. But just don't try not to lose your shit so much. I realise that might be quite a hard ask for a lot of people. But try not to lose your shit. Because if you do it every week, you're going to get very tired and very bored. And if winning is the only thing that matters to you in football, you're going to be disappointed more often than not. Okay? So just try and... Uh, it's not a dig to anyone who asked a question or anything, but just try and just like... Just try and enjoy... Or not enjoy, but just try and... Be patient. Just be an observer. This season, I've literally just been an observer watching Chelsea. I've obviously been disappointed with some of what I've seen. I've been happy with some bits of what I've seen. I've been disappointed. But I've not been like as emotionally upset or invested, as upset as I have last season. Last season, like highs and lows, it, like, it hurt a lot. Things hurt a lot. Like losing, example, losing away at West Ham, starting the downfall of our title charge. That defeat really irked me. The Madrid exit, the Bernabeu still works me. I'm still not over that. I'm not sure I ever will be over that. But there's other things like you've just got to just try and take it out. Try and take out league position out of this and just watch it as an observer. And don't just watch it as trying to, don't try and do it as, you know, winning loads of games of football. Take it as like a thing and just think, what am I seeing that I like that can move forward? Because again, does it really matter where we finish if we don't finish in the prestigious top four? This season for people, does it really matter? As long as we don't get relegated, where does that does our league finish really matter a lot to people? Obviously, we do not want to hit 16 because that means it's going to get a lot, lot worse, and we should not. And I'm not saying that, but does it really bother people that much where we like finish if it's not top four? Because I would, I would happily finish eighth or ninth if I actually saw, but see, see signs, see some youngsters incorporated, see various things incorporated to show that there's a there's a direction of travel and a plan 
moving forward than just trying to go like, oh yeah, we'll just try and patch over it and maybe we limp to sixth place or something. Like, and we don't really deal with it properly. Just face the challenge head on. It's going to be brutal. Like, I think it's dawning on people now how big or how, you know, what the task at hand is. It's dawning on people because it's not going away like it was before. So just face up and accept it. But anyway, long answer, long ramble. I've probably ranted a lot and probably I'm not even sure how much sense I've spoken this episode is honestly probably a load of nonsense. So if you have, if you have love that, leave us a rating review, um, et cetera. Uh, before we go, one last plug, Jam, tell people where they can find you, all your work, just social, et cetera. Nice one. Well, Nick, I thought you smashed it, mate. So, you know, good passion there, man. You made a lot of sense. You did. Um, everyone, you can find me on at carefree underscore jam. That's on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, also one of the co-owners of the Chelsea social and the CFCW social, uh, they are at the Chels social and at the CFCW social, both on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Um, right. As for us, we're on Twitter, I just put Instagram on that Chels pod, on all your usual podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, etc. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, leave us a review. And if you haven't, then I'll happily, if you want, if you think I've talked absolute dog shit and want to leave a really mean review, then go for it. I'll read it out. I will happily read out your ratings and reviews. People. Whenever I do put out any likes, retweets go a long way. It helps just get us onto other people's timelines. And look, it was bad. It was really bad. But guess what? It can only get worse and better. Until the next episode, everybody, keep a blue flag flying high. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.